Thank you, everyone, for joining us on the Live in West Texas podcast brought to you by the Amarillo Pioneer. And we are, once again, continuing our coverage of the May 1st elections here in Amarillo. And we have one of the candidates running for the open seat, Amarillo City Council Place 1, this year on the May 1st ballot. That candidate is Hobart Gunny Brown Jr. Hobart Gunny Brown, he is, well, how do we describe Hobart Gunny Brown? He is a civic leader a United States military veteran, and an activist for different communities here in Amarillo. And I'm going to let him tell you all about himself and why he decided to run in just a moment. But before we get started, Gunny, thanks for being with us today. And uh, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. Yourself? I'm doing just fine. You know, we're really appreciative that you would come on here and do this. You know, we are recording this on Easter Sunday. Uh, and so I know that you have more important things to be doing, but we're still thankful that we could uh, get you on here and everything. Um, well, let's let's get into the issues for just a moment, or actually, before we do that, why don't we let you just take a moment and tell everyone, because there's a lot of people who probably aren't familiar with you yet, uh, why don't you take a moment and tell everyone a little bit about yourself, who you are, and why you decided to run for Emerald City Council this year. Excuse me. Well, my name's Hobart Brown, Jr., uh, I grew up in Delhart, Texas. In 1984, I joined the United States Marine Corps, where I served for 20 years, retired in, in uh, 2004 with the rank of gunnery sergeant. During that time, I have traveled to every continent there is, with the exception of uh, Antarctica. I got to meet some very interesting people, did some very interesting things. Uh, during my recruiting, during my military career, I had the honor of living in Des Moines, Iowa as a recruiter. And one thing I learned real quick then was that you, you have to be a part of the community to understand the community. So that's when the, the civic duty bug really bit me really hard. It, it's easy to serve your country, but to serve your actual community, that's a tough job right there. That is a tough job. So I got really got involved in it, and uh, I really enjoyed the things that I did. Um, I worked mostly with, with kids, and being a recruiter, a lot of those kids were kids that could not actually join the Marine Corps. They had ailments or uh, something that prevented them from joining the military, so just helping them get get into college or get into a trade school or get into their uh, turn their life around was very rewarding for me. Fast forward, I moved to, back to Amarillo in 2007, and I had to keep on going with that. I just had to keep on going, and, and I love just helping this town grow in any way that I can. Why did I want to be a member of the city council? Well, still, I just want to give back to the community. Now, I don't have to be a city councilman to give back to the community. <clears throat> to the community. However, I do feel that right now, our city council has an identity crisis. The city council needs somebody on that five-man council that can represent the people and build the trust back of what the city council is supposed to be. We're supposed to serve the people, and we need somebody that's actually going to show that they're there for the people. Well, you know, that's a very interesting uh, way to look at things, especially uh, with, like you said, some people feel like there is a real void on the council as far as leadership is concerned. So you have had much experience leading people, 
working with people, leading teams, and your military background and everything else, how do you see that directly benefiting the citizens of Amarillo if you're elected to represent them on the Amarillo City Council? Well, you know, I'll take uh, some of my actual missions that I actually did in the military. I had a joint task force team out of Australia where I had my my Marines and I had Australian um, Army. And I was the leader of that group. So I had to at times, oh, I had to listen to the Australians just as much as I did my people. It was only a two-week assignment, but still they had issues, and I couldn't put their issues aside. I still had to listen to them. And throughout my military career, I done dealt with people from New York all the way out to California. You have a lot of different personalities there. And I'm not talking about – I wasn't one of those Marines that just sat behind a desk or I was a mechanic or something. I dealt with walking on the ground with with 13 to 20 people at a time. So you have a lot of different personalities you got to deal with. You have a, li- a lot of different uh, lifestyles you got to deal with. But the number one thing that I took away was that not one person, not one person there was more important than the next person. Everybody had this, had a say in the fight. You know, there's this misconception about the Marine Corps that there's one top person and whatever he says go. No, that's a very wrong misconception. Yes, there is an order that comes down from the very top, but when it starts working its way down to the small unit leadership, there's a word called commander intent. Hey, the, com- the c- commander's intent is we're going to take that hill and we're going to rescue that, that village. Now, once it start working its way down, however you take that hill and rescue those, as long as it's ethical, that's up to the small unit leader. So, so that's what I plan to bring to the city council is that kind of mentality is that, hey, I don't care if you live in the Greenway. I don't care if you live in Eastridge. You have a voice. This is your town. I, I love it when uh, people ask me these questions about, well, if uh, you got $315 million, what are you going to do with it? I'm not going to do a thing with it. It's what the people's going to do with it. That's their money. That's not my money. You know, uh, if I had $315 million, I wouldn't be running for city council, to be quite honest with you. So, but but I have the people's money that I'm going to be be taken care of. It's what the people want. If the people want a new civic center, guess what? It's irrelevant what I want. They're getting a new civic center. If they don't want a new civic center, when it's time for me to vote, I'm saying no. So that's uh, just, just, you know, my, my dealing with people from all over the world, that's going to be a plus. That is going to be a plus. And the environments that I have been in has been very stressful environments. Oh, I, I won't go into details, but some of you probably already know what I'm talking about. So leading people is not a problem for me. It's not just a, Loss in profits. The the biggest loss in profits I had to deal was with people's lives. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about the key issues in this race. What will be your top priorities if you are elected to the Emerald City Council on May first? 
Well, I already told you that one. That, that's gaining the trust back because if you don't have the trust of the citizen, everything else is a new point. You won't be able to, uh, let's take a look at some of my uh, highlights of my plan. If the citizens don't trust me, I won't be able to get them to go to a uh, single member district. I won't be able to re-energize uh, the north side, east side, or the San Jacinto area. Definitely won't be able to try to figure out what's going on down there at animal 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 uh, management, and I definitely won't be able to protect their tax dollars because if they don't trust me, no matter what I do, they're not going to uh, think that I'm protecting it. So the trust is the number one thing. That's the number one thing that I'm going to be working diligently to do. Well, uh, let's get into some specific issues in this race. And I'm going to start on a hot one. Uh, right now, there's been a lot of debate this cycle about taxpayer-funded lobbying in Amarillo. So for those who are not aware, these numbers come directly from Transparency USA. It's transparencyusa.org. Um, and if you want any information about Texas campaign finance, I highly recommend Transparency USA as your source. But when you look at the numbers for how much the city of Amarillo has paid to lobbyists to lobby on uh, different legislative issues per year... Um, now, this is the number that is reported by the lobbyists themselves when they file their disclosures with the state. The lobbyists are reporting getting paid $365,000 as their maximum compensation every year uh, off the backs of Emerald taxpayers. Now, some members of the Emerald City Council, uh, well, actually all the incumbents on the Emerald City Council who are running for re-election have said, oh, yes, it's a practice we support. It needs to stay in place. Uh, many of the challengers have said, no, this is something we actually need to pull back on and we need to stop spending as much money on lobbying. It looks like the legislature may address taxpayer-funded lobbying this year, but once again, who knows? It's on the Republican Party of Texas priorities to ban it, but once again, who knows what's going to happen. Uh, from your point of view, do you think that 365000 that's getting paid to lobbyists, is that an excessive number, and would you support stopping the practice of taxpayer-funded lobbying for Amarillo? Yes, it is a very excessive number, and yes, I will support uh, stopping it. However, though, okay, as a city council member, back to that trust issue, it's my job to make sure that all citizens, I, I don't like the word transparency, but I'm going to use it anyway, that we're very transparent in our dealings, all right, it, that they know that their tax dollars are going that you know, I, I kind of take it kind of embarrassment that uh, here I am running for city council, and uh, I I was not even aware of that number, that $365,000. Yes, there are various websites out there that I could probably look the, look those things up, but, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty busy person, I, and I think when you're spending our dollars, that's something you should have had let us know. Now, as a city councilman, how would I address that with the citizens? Okay, the, I would let them know that, hey, this is what we're doing. How, how do you feel about it? Now, I think that one thing that's going to take place probably is that uh, the citizen is going to say no. No. I mean, that's, that's a lot of money. And that's more money than we pay our actual uh, What's his call? What is that guy called? City manager. So, and that's one of my biggest things is what do we have a city manager for? 
I mean, couldn't he work as a lobbyist for us? He's already getting paid $285,000. He's already have a expense account and everything. So he could actually do that work than us paying somebody else. So, um, no, I'm, I'm against it totally. Well, let's move on to – oh, do you have something else to add? No, I'll just say, say I sound like a California Valley girl just then. No, you're you're just fine. Um, well, let's move on to another key issue, and that is the issue of the Amarillo Civic Center. So, uh, as everyone knows, there was a bond up on no, the November ballot for renovations to the Amarillo Civic Center and some downtown projects. That bond was handily defeated by local voters. Uh, the When the bond went down, a new proposal was put forward by Alex Fairley and Jerry Hodge. They called it the Amarillo Plan, and they said, oh, we're going to petition the mayor and the city council. We're going to get it on the ballot. Well, it's not on the ballot. And also, if you go look at campaign finance reports that were just filed last week, Jerry Hodge contributed to all of the incumbents. <laughs> so I'm not really sure that that thing is ever going to get off the ground, personally. Um, but most people agree that something has to be eventually done with the Civic Center. Um, now, I know you were treasurer for Save Amarillo Pack, the group that defeated the bond on the November ballot. But looking at the Civic Center issue, what do you think needs to be done with the Civic Center? I mean, is that something that's a key priority? You want to go address it right now? Is it something you feel like should be addressed down the road, but that's not really the you know pressing issue we need to be looking at? And what would you like to see done with the Civic Center? Uh, should it be some version of the the Fairly Hodge plan? Should it be some version of what was put on the ballot in November? Or should it be something totally different? What do you think? Well, the problem that, that, well, with the Civic Center, I don't, I do not think that's a hot topic right now with, with the majority of, of the citizens of Amarillo. I do not think that they really care about a Civic Center right now. Um, I think the individuals who are really in depth, wanting something to do with the Civic Center being rebuilt, Mr. Jerry Hodge and Mr. Alex Farley, they are pushing it because it's a money cow for them. That's the only reason they're pushing it right now. If it wasn't a money cow for them, they wouldn't care. I mean, but it's, it's not something that unless I have citizens ringing my phone, sending me emails every Every time I turn around, it's not going to be a pressing issue for me. We do need a new civic center. Do not, I'm, I'm not taking that away. We do need a civic, new civic center. If I could go back hindsight uh, four years ago, uh, we should have put the ballpark on hold, the MPEV, I'm sorry, on hold, and that money should have went to the renovation of the civic center. But once again, my humble opinion, it's, it was a it was a cow it was a money making cow for select individuals here in Amarillo, and that's the main problem we have right here. Just like you said, if you take a look at finance reports, and I mean all finance reports, not just the incumbents finance reports, you'll see that Jerry Hodge and and Alice Farley, Randy Burkett, a couple of other individuals are actually funding some of these candidates, and that's the the big picture. They want their ballpark or their civic center to go on the actual ballot again. And they know individuals like myself are not just going to say yes, just because they give me a few dollars for my campaign. 
so um, you know, with, with that, like like I said, I am a person of the people. If people tell me they they ready for a ballpark tomorrow, I mean, I'm sorry, a civic center tomorrow. Guess what? I'm going to vote for a civic center. If not, I'm not going to vote for it. But we have more precedent issues. What about um, Sixth Street? You know, I, I think I think it's funny that we rather we have got into more of the buildings rather than building up people in, in this community. Uh, I, I'm I'm going to go off topic here just a little while. You, uh, we talk about finance report. When you combine all the candidates' finance report, we are way over probably a quarter of a million dollars. Some people, forty hundred thousand dollars. Just think what that money could do in one of those communities out there. And why are people getting so much money for their campaign for a job that doesn't pay anything? That's what people need to be thinking about. Why are we spending so much money for a job that doesn't pay? Uh, it, it just amazes me. There's something being given on the back end of it. There, I'm gonna I'm gonna get back on topic. Next question. Well, I do actually want to continue on the uh, <clears throat> on the finance report question, so <laughs> you open that up for me. Um, in your race for Emerald City Council Place One, there are three candidates who are running. Uh, Jason N. Tillery, of course, is a United States Navy veteran. He didn't really have a whole lot of activity on his finance report. However, there were only two candidates who really did in your race out of the three. You, I believe, raised somewhere in the neighborhood of 1600 bucks um and i'm not sure if that counts your in kind and maybe a little more when it's in kind but let's just conservatively say probably between 1600 2000 dollars right um then you look at your opponent uh cole stanley he raised somewhere in the neighborhood of 44000 and so you compare that 1600 number to 44000 i mean do you believe that tells the story of this race i mean it this it feels like it's a little bit of a david and goliath race that's going on am i wrong to feel that way no you're not wrong to feel that way because if if you can you know and let's 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 get one thing straight uh jason um and cole both of them have sat down and talked to them and as individuals i think they're they're great people however though as far as politics go, I'm the best person for the job. Now, with that being said, you know, uh, you know, I, I said it before, you have 40 plus thousand dollars in your war chest. Okay, word, but your focus is on building buildings. That's your focus, building bu- buildings. It's not focused on walking the street, shaking hands. It's not, it's not focused on going inside one of those north side or, or east side churches meet, meeting people. Your focus is on getting people to the table so we can grow buildings around here. Where my focus is the exact opposite, shaking hands, meeting people, doing what's right for the, for the people. All right? So... It is David versus Goliath. And you said earlier, I uh, I fought against um, 
Civic Center. I was the actual treasurer. You know, in a couple of forums, my good friend Cole Stanley had mentioned that he he voted against it. All right, you you voted against it, but now some of your biggest backers are the same people that wanted it defeated, so their plan can go on there. And I'm I'm, I'm gonna beat this. I'm gonna beat this to death. I think the one thing that um that uh, uh citizens of any town don't do. They don't look. They don't follow the money trails when it comes to their candidates. They're too busy worrying about mudslingings and all that. But hey, if you just sit down and you look at their finance reports, they'll tell you if they're legit or they're not legit. Now, don't get me wrong. Cole has come up with some good, good ideals, good ideals that I like. But I think, like I said, he's already a businessman. He he's owned a business here. He's which is buildings. So my question is, what do he have to gain if uh, he's elected? What do I have to gain? I'm not worried about notoriety. I'm already a retired Marine. I've received the Purple Heart. I have Marines all over the country that calls me on a regular basis for my birthday and let me know, hey, happy birthday, Gunny. So, so I'm not worried about meeting any, you know, meeting anybody. I have a beautiful wife and two dogs and four kids. So I'm not worried about, you know, making new friends. I prefer to make new enemies once I'm elected. So let's, yeah, there's David and Goliath. And my good friend, Jason Tillery, on his finance report, all his money is his money. Under $1,000 that he has put onto his campaign. So somebody could probably turn around right there and say, hey, Hobart, Jason spent $1,000 on his own campaign. Yeah, yeah. But when you take a look at us two, when you take a look at my finance report, it's mostly retirees and people who have simple jobs. And so it's no big names here in town. Uh, Thank you, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're you're making this easy for me. it's it's a it's 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 a touchy subject for me. It's a touchy subject that you know here you know the that um that uh you know I'm I'm gonna do whatever I need to do to help the city of Amarillo as a councilman or as a citizen. I'm gonna do whatever it takes place. However, though, I just don't like that the notion that um. Um, individuals in this town think they can buy elections. And that's exactly what they feel. They feel they can buy elections. There's, I mean, (laughs) and it bothers me that people get up there and talk about, well, I want to help the north side. I want to help the east side. I want to help this. But then you look at their, you look at that they gave $5,000 to a candidate but they can't give you $5,000 for the North side toy drive. They won't volunteer their time at a shelter, but yet they want to help Amarillo. I call BS there. I call BS. Well, let's talk a little bit about one more 
hot button issue this year, and that is the issue of animal management and welfare. So everybody knows there's a lot of problems at the Amarillo Animal Shelter. Um, now, you know, it sounds like the mayor and the city council, they're saying they're going to do something about it, but they really haven't in the past. Uh, so from your point of view, Gunny, what do you think needs to be done at animal management and welfare? What changes need to be made there? I know you support a no-kill shelter, but outside of that, what kind of reforms do you think need to be done there? Well, the first thing is I think they're going in the right direction with their, with their new director. I think that's a very good direction they're going. Secondly, enforcement. I believe, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, if you know, sir, I believe it was 2010, 2011 timeframe. Amarillo actually came up to, came up with the ordinance that people couldn't sell puppies or dogs in the Walmart parking lot and all this stuff. We still have that going on here in town. Um, and, and that's the problem right there. Anybody who's got a male dog and a female dog, they automatically think that they can start selling puppies. And these puppies are not up to date on the shots. They're not taken care of. I mean, it just, it's, it's, it's just, it's just horrible. The number one thing that I think need to take place is that we need to get people on the board. And that's throughout Amarillo there on the boards that actually have viable knowledge on how to do animal rescue, how know what it takes to do a no-kill shelter. I support a no-kill no shelter, but honestly, I have no idea how to start one. So I would rely on people that could actually tell me that information. Um, and that goes pretty much for a lot of our, our city boards. We need to get people that are not just, hey, I donated to uh, such and such as uh, cause. I'm going to beat this to death, sorry. Uh, <laughs> donate to such and such campaign. Now can you put me on the such and such board? No, no. We need people who are experts in those fields or just plain citizens who, who need to be that voice of reason. I mean, uh, it's, I'm a, like, I have a pit. I have a pit. Well, my wife has a pit bull. Um, and she was one of those persons that did not want nothing to do with a pit bull. She heard all the horror stories, blah, 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 blah. That, her and that dog have been together for four years. She cares more about that dog than she does me. That dog sleeps with her. Uh, she works from home. The dog is at her feet the whole time she's at home. The point I'm trying to make here is that she, her mindset of that dog has changed totally because she has been exposed to it. And I think a lot of times when it comes to animals, we have individuals who are not exposed to animals or only certain breeds of dogs, so they don't know. You know, uh, pit bulls, for instance, as soon as somebody hear that name, the first thing they say, it's a vicious dog. No, it's not the breed. It's the owner that turns it vicious. So um, that's the number one thing we need to do is, is enforce the laws, ordinance, and get people on the boards who actually know things about animals. 
So this is going to be an interesting race we have going on, of course. Um, for people who are looking at this, they have three candidates on the ballot, Jason Tillery, Mr. Hobart Gundy Brown, and Cole Stanley. Looking at the three candidates, if they say, you know, I'm just not sold on who I'm going to vote for, I like what Hobart Brown's saying, but I just don't know if he's my guy yet, why don't you just take a moment and make your elevator pitch to them, tell them why you were the man they need to throw their support behind on May 1st. Well, the, the number one thing is you get what you get what you see. You, you get exactly what you see. You know, uh, you could go to Walmart here later on today, and you're going to see me in there. I'm probably going to have on blue jeans, uh, Harley Davidson T-shirt, a Marine Corps cap, and I'm going to be getting what what I need. You can go to M and R's one day, and you'll see me with the same thing. My motorcycle parked out out back. I mean, out front. Get my drink. Go on about my business. I, I'm not fake, and I'm not calling none of my other candidates fake either. But you get what you get. You're not going to get. You ask me a question. Be careful. Uh, the answer you might get, because I'm not going to uh, sugarcoat it. I'm not going to try to say something just for a sound bite. I am who I am. I know that here in, um, I'm 55 years old. I have walked this earth for 55 years. I am blessed to have done done it. But tomorrow's not, tomorrow's not promised to me. So I'm not going to be apologetic the way I live my life. So... That's what you get. You get somebody, if he says he's going to fight for you, he's going to fight for you. Notice I said the word fight. I didn't say argue. I said fight. And a fighter sits down at the table, they listen to everything, and they come up with constructive ways that we can make things work. I never go into a room with the mere fact because, like I said, I am there for the citizens. So. If I only believe in things in one way, there's only one group of citizens I could talk to. But since I believe there's many ways of doing many different things, I can talk to any citizen in Amarillo, and I would do that. You know, the, you know, the, the homeless man on the corner of Bell Street and uh, I-40. Citizen of Amarillo, they have some good knowledge. Most richest person in Amarillo. They have something I wanted to hear. So, and I'm going to fight for each one of them if given the chance. And if not given the chance as a city council person, I will fight for them on another avenue. Thank you. If somebody wants to find out more about you, where can they go to do that? www. Oh, I got my webpage. That's it. <laughs> Okay, I got my Facebook page is Hobart Gunny Brown, and then I got vote Gunny, voteforgunny.com. Excellent. Well, Hobart Gunny Brown, we appreciate you being with us. Why don't you remind everyone when does early voting start? That's right around the corner, April nineteenth. So April nineteenth, early voting. Election day is May first. You have plenty of time to get out and vote. Make sure you research the candidates. You can go to our website, www.emeraldpioneer.com slash vote21. That's V-O-T-E, the number two, the number one. And you can check out the profiles of all the candidates, including Hobart Gunny Brown, right there on our website.
But Gunny, we appreciate you being with us. We wish you all the best of your campaign, and uh, we'll be seeing you down the road, sir. I appreciate it. You have a good one.